Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And uh, let us start with a movie that I've been looking forward to. For, I mean, a number of years, honestly. Many. And, uh, and honestly, genuinely one I, I really thought was just going to be relegated to like rumor or a, a could have been. Mm-hmm. Glass. Um, for for those of you unaware, um, the original film in this, I, I guess it's a trilogy. I like, guess. I haven't seen the second one, though. I, well, I did not get interested in seeing the second one until they told me about, and this is something that's been a while, because generally his twists... M. Night Shyamalan. The twists at the end of his movies, I think somewhere around The Village, I, I was just... <laughs> I had grown tired <laughs> of... I get a lot of pleasure out of his films because some of them are just, you know, really? And then and then there's some that are really good. Well, I mean you <laughs> the village. <laughs> I don't I don't think the sixth sense necessarily um holds up on repeat viewings. But like that initial viewing of it, yeah. I was I was into it. And initial and without the internet. Or without yeah, but, without us well, all plugged in. I I saw it opening weekend, like and because it had Bruce Willis, and mm-hmm. like I I was a big Bruce Willis fan at that point. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll check this out. I didn't know who the guy that was directing mm-hmm. it was, but based on you know Armageddon, Die Hard, like in any number of films that he had done in the '90s, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll check this out, and. Like I said, it's this is before it was cliche for him to move in the movies with a twist, right? Um, so it was, it was, and it was a few years after what the Crying Game, yeah. Which I, I actually, Crying Game was what ninety five. Yeah, I never I, actually saw the Crying Game, but I know. I want to say end Sixth Sense was ninety. It was ninety nine or two thousand. Yes, because I, I was either just out of high school. It was, was ninety nine. It was it, it was somewhere right around there. I vaguely remember. And so it was great to. Just be, it was like everyone agreed not to tell someone the ending. Yeah. Like it was just, and it's a, it's a pretty, pretty solid twist. Like mm-hmm. it catches you. Yeah. Um. However, that just became his MO. Like right. he had to have a twist ending. And the thing about a good twist ending, um, A, is that you want it to make sense within the confines of the story. And B, you don't want to know it's coming. Like, and the problem was Every movie he did, he had to put a twist in. The same way that, like, J.J. Abrams likes to put a lens flare Mm -hmm. in movies. And at a certain point, they were just audacious. (laughs) Like, he was like, I don't know how to surprise him. The village was really funny. I'll I'll do this. Uh, And like I said, it just, it really got to the point that it, it was just... I, I I didn't want to put up with. It. I dealt with it in the village, but I was like, okay, I think you're you're probably pushing it. And then and we saw the happening. I think it Lady in the Water uh-huh. was that when push you over. Like I was still trying to defend him with the village. I was oh. I was you know saying okay this or you know if you look at it like this and you you know I I think this was. With Lady in the Water, I couldn't do it anymore. I was just like I was like that's a stupid movie. Um, <laughs> It's it's poorly written. It's badly directed. They wasted Paul Giamatti. Like Ron Howard has to be angry that they met, let his daughter be in a movie that's stupid. Like everything <laughs> about like I just I I was done. It I I went back and stopped defending movies that I had defended. That's how much that movie like just set me off. I was like 
I have backed you up for years, and most of this was based on the strength of Unbreakable. Which is so underrated, because everyone will say his worst movie, these Avatar haters, fine, and then his best movie, most people are going to say, is Sixth Sense. But then so many people just pass over Unbreakable. I've been arguing for years. Me too. The last almost 20 years... That Unbreakable is his best movie. And we the, spend a lot of time convincing people who really don't care at all at that all. Unbreakable like they, is a they good don't movie. Even, they, like, not only do they not argue with us back about it, they're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, I, why are you that. talking to me about this? Okay. Um, why do you feel so passionately? Because this has never come up before. And I think I think the catch was that was the, that was the film that followed Sixth Sense. Yes. And, like, it was... it was it, The Sixth Sense was enormous. Like... Mm-hmm. It did, I want to say, like 300 some odd million dollars. And if you adjust for inflation, that's nearly probably, I'd say, 500, 600 million dollars mm-hmm. today, which is like Avengers money. Yes, it was and this, huge. And it was a shoestring budget, like just shot on nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he, you've got the guy that directed and wrote it and you have the guy that starred in it and they're doing another movie together. And I think it, it's like what Steven Spielberg and Richard Dreyfuss used right. to be back. They were just like, oh, we're going to print money again. Yes. <laughs> and like the film doesn't doesn't do poorly, but it definitely doesn't do six cents business. Like also up for like several Oscars. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was up for best picture, possibly even like a best uh Director, I think Haley Joel Osment was up for Best Supporting Actor. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just the, the the film was an enormous success, and you have Unbreakable, which again is the superior film, and it just doesn't get the same kind of attention. It doesn't get the same kind of accolades. It doesn't do financially as well. So it just kind of gets swept under the rug as which is oh, a shame. that's the other movie with Bruce Willis that M Night Shyamalan right directed. So uh, a few years ago came out the kind of sort of mm, well, beefy ag- center to this to the hamburger the, here. The great thing about again, and the thing that I said was what made the Sixth Sense so excep- exceptional was because you didn't know it was coming. Yeah, you had no idea. Split is basically this setup for a villain in the Unbreakable universe, but you don't know that. Okay. The entire you go through the entirety of the film, uh James McAvoy, like the he has all these split personalities. Um and he's kidnapped these uh I, th- I think it's just a set of girls. Yeah. Like I think I, if it's I'm remembering right. Um and you go through all of this, like basically giving the origin again, you don't know this is the origin story of the of, beast. Of right? the villain. Yeah. yeah. You just know that it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and it's got James McAvoy. The The post credit sequence features David Dunn, who is the, the, the alter ego of the character in Unbreakable. And basically it's going, oh, this happens in the same universe mm-hmm. as, the, uh, as Unbreakable. Like, basically kind of backdoors it into making it the second part of that movie. Again... And no one knows this going into it. Like, so you liked Split? Yeah, because yeah, I haven't seen it. I I didn't and I, avoid I, it. I just didn't happen to see it. Well, I ignored it until somebody goes, "You really need to check it out." And I'm like, "It's M Night Shyamalan. I don't I don't need to." And they're like, "No." They're like, "And stick around 
for the end. And they kind of gave me this look. And the last time this person had told me this was about Zombieland. And he's like, there's a cameo you're really going to like. You need to make sure you see the cameo. (laughs) So, like, I when this guy emphasizes stuff like that i'm like okay all right right so i check it out and i see it and he knew that i was a massive unbreakable fan and that i had been arguing (laughs) because Shyamalan before its release it even said he goes i've planned this to be a trilogy i've got a story i want to tell but when the first one only does fair business basically again like it just gets swept under the rug nobody's talking about the unbreakable sequels and it's almost 20 years later so i'm like Okay, I'm not I'm not getting my unbreakables. Mm-hmm. Like my unbreakables. My unbreakables. I would like to point out that we're about 10 minutes in and we're at least talking on a topic related to the movie Simi, we're going to review. We usually but not vaguely, the actual movie. Well, I think th- it's warranted yeah, to the It is. Cuz this is a a weird way to get to the end of a trilogy. Like cuz we didn't know it was going to be a trilogy. With Die Hard, you know, you, you've got John McClane Die Hard 2, there's no mystery that it's a follow-up to Die... No one went into Die Hard 2 just going, who is that rapscallion fighting those people on the side of the plane? Everyone knows that's John McClane. Mm -hmm. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Everyone knows that's the third Die Hard going into that. Like, But the fact that Split, the the twist of it is that it is a sequel to Unbreak... Like, that's the brilliant part of it. Like, And the part that he, he just left for years... Was that it? The unexpected nature of the twist, mm-hmm. which was kind of like that—that that was his thing back in the day, and it just—it right. it just rode it so hard that like there was no tread left on that tire mm-hmm. at the end of it. So now we have glass and glass again from Unbreakable. You've got Bruce Willis, who didn't realize he was Unbreakable, but turns out he is, and then the nickname. Of uh, Agent Fury, which would be Glass, the uh, basic his arch nemesis in yes. Unbreakable, kind of the the brains like behind the however you want to look at look at it. And the thing is, Unbreakable guy's name I don't recall. He he doesn't think he needs an arch nemesis or David anything. Dunn. Yes, he's re- he's not it's even like, what in in Unbreakable. I don't think he's ever given like a super. He's not like you know Aquaman or Batman. Like he's just. He's he, basically the the entire movie is like his son and Elijah trying to convince him that he is a superhero, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah, no, I'm much. not. No, I'm not. And then towards the end of it, like he kind of begins to accept. He's like, "Okay, maybe maybe yeah. they're right. Maybe I am." He gets a cape, and it's you know, sure it's a rain cape, but it's close enough. And so the whole time you can tell that Glass is crazy because he's. He's been waiting for him. He's been waiting for his other half. And so now Glass is connected to uh, the crazy guy from Split. And he's connected to Bruce Willis's character, David Dunn from Unbreakable. And they're all, correct me if I'm wrong, they all end up in the same prison at the same time. It's, it's or not a prison so much as it like, it's like a, a mental a, hospital. It's kind of a psychiatric oh, ward. But- it's like where they put. Where they put um, what's her face in uh, Terminator Two because she went crazy. She has these Sarah Connor very very similar to what they're accusing her. They're saying that she has these you know delusions of yes. grandeur. She thinks that her son is the savior mm-hmm. of humanity. He is going to stop these machines from the future that have come like. And they're basically just saying you're 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 put you're projecting this on. 
and they are saying that they have a base a similar disease like mm-hmm. that they believe th- they they also have delusions of grandeur he thinks that he's a superhero elijah price believes that he is a supervillain and you you have the james mcavoy character who's got like 18 different character names so i don't I don't really know which one to assign yes. to him, but like he believes the beast has these superhuman like strength and like he even has points where like people like try to shoot him with a gun, he bends metal. Now, and the- right there, right there. The f- the bending metal or whatever. Then Bruce Car- Bruce Willis's character the same. Hey, I'm unbreakable. No you're not. Okay. Uh, do this to me. Huh. Turns out you are unbreakable. How do, how is the argument not stopped right well, there? Well, they're not they don't actually make them do these these feats. Like they've got like Bruce Willis is chained up. Uh like all of them are basically like immobilized. Um and like they're explaining to the beast that um what he was doing like the gun had been underneath that that zoo for a number of years and like it was older like some of the 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 metal, oh, the metal that was, was the reason bending. why he okay. yeah like they start explaining how this stuff and they're like but because of your affliction you believed you could do this at any at any point like and you start seeing them mess with their perceptions of themselves just going well maybe i'm maybe i'm just i'm fixating on that point and that's what's making me believe that maybe i'm not like you Mm -hmm. you kind of have that interesting juxtaposition where it's not necessarily good versus evil but it's like are you really what you think you are and i'm assuming the whole time glass is like yes yes i really am a crazy guy who breaks all the time well they they have him so like subdued under medication oh samuel l jackson actually doesn't talk for a pretty good portion of this movie which, by the way, also had a shoestring. I think they shot this thing for, I want to say, it was like 20 or $30 million. Oh, that's like nothing. Yeah, it, it opened to like twice that amount. Like, that that's the other like magic of M. Night Shyamalan. With the right idea, like, this guy can shoot it on the cheap. Mm-hmm. And like, if you put Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis in something together, I'm just, they work together on Pulp Fiction, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Unbreakable, like, People will go see these guys, and if Greece, you can, you don't spend two hundred and fifty million dollars on it. Two. Oh, I'm just. They, I'm, they weren't in any of those. I don't. Well, they they weren't in Star Wars Episode Two. Samuel L. Jackson huh. was. Bruce Willis was not a Jedi. Oh, you sure? It would okay. definitely have been an R-rated Star Wars. <laughs> that, would, you can't. You can't I would put watch the, that. That's the reason why they had to make Samuel L. Jackson not talk for most of the movie because they're like guys that'll get an R rating. He just he he's. He drops MF in regardless. Of, you should see like the, what they had to put on the cutting room floor of Incredibles 2. <laughs> All he was doing is Frozones, just MF this. this. Just All like, because of those snakes. And he, they, so, did plane. you enjoy the film? Yes. And there, there is a lot of twists and like turns within the story. Not twists like, you know, Sixth Sense kind At of twists. At the twist. end, does Joaquin Phoenix show up? No. Okay. No. No, that he though he is the Joker now. Who who knew? Huh. Martin Scorsese produced a Joker movie that is written and directed by the guy that did um the original oh what's it? Um The Hangover. Mm-hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix stars as the Joker. Is that out it. yet? It's coming out, I believe, twenty nineteen. Later this year. year. That w- it's twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. 
It's not. It's not out now. I can't remember if it's out later this year or in. But yeah, it's. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, so good film. Go see it. And do you need to wait through anything to get to another surprise or? Um, with the amount of money that this has done, um, I can't imagine they won't try to revisit this universe. But they have done some definitive things to the characters mm-hmm. that going forward, um. They can't necessarily appear in the capacity that definitive things meaning somebody's dead. So again, I don't, I He's don't want to spread too much. Guessing. But I'm just saying, at the end of this film, there are very like irrevocable things that happen to certain characters. That, mm-hmm. like I said, the, just a, an easy direct sequel to this would have to be written in a way that kind of either sidestepped that or figured out a way around it. Okay. I think it's PG-13. Okay, there you go. And that would be Glass. And you're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested with Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. Okay, so you go from Glass, and you're trying to keep the same theme? One one more thing I will say. James McAvoy is remarkable in this movie. He's playing the same character, but his character has, like, all of this, all of these multiple personalities. Mm -hmm. And, like... James McAvoy is committing 115% to every one of them. And what else would people know him from? Um, he's Professor Xavier in the um, the reboot X-Men movies. He was Tomnus the Fawn in the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, he what, what else is he? He was in Split. Um, he's... He's in quite a bit of stuff. That's probably some of the more like mm-hmm. recognizable stuff. But like J- James McAvoy, like I said, just knocks it out of the park. And considering his co-stars are Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, that's no small feat. Well, I saw in the trailer. I mean, he's running along like a you know a, a hellhound. It's like uh, James. That, that doesn't look CGI. It looks like he's on all fours. James McAvoy, like I said, he he sells it. In this movie, easily one of the best parts of the film. Like, and if you haven't seen Split yet, like, you don't really have to have seen it to understand this movie. If you enjoy it afterwards, keep in mind there's a showcase of James McAvoy with that character that happens previous to this. If you enjoy it, it's on, you know, go rent it, Redbox it, uh, digital, mm-hmm. download, whatever, however you choose to see it. But it's definitely worth seeing. James McAvoy is worth seeing in general. Check exactly. check him out, like, if you do enjoy it. Well, I know that sounds like one that I would enjoy. And Jenna, by the way, my youngest, huge Shyamalan fan. But mind you, she's only seen Unbreakable and Sixth Sense. So she is... well. You know, in that, she has, I I do not feel bad by saying that she's a huge Shyamalan fan, because those stand up. She hasn't... Oh, no, we saw signs. They saw signs. She hasn't seen the ones that, like, I I used to be a Shyamalan fan. Like, signs, pretty solid movie up until the stupid end. (laughs) Oh, water, water. That's how how you kill the aliens. Good thing they attacked a plane. What if it had been overcast the day they attacked the Earth? uh, All right, I'll stop. The, the village and the happening are the ones that okay the happening anyway let's go on to your other film which uh seems to be exactly the same kind of movie huh? virtually yeah 
Yeah. It's about uh, superhero Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> um, and what what is the title? I've already forgotten. Uh, on the Basis of Sex. Okay. It's um, based on a true story. It's a biopic of sorts, uh, and it talks about um, basically how she pioneered a lot of the... Uh, Getting women equal rights, like in the in the workplace, like making sure that like you couldn't you couldn't deny somebody something because of like their gender, like it, just a mm-hmm. really interesting, like fascinating. That I, I mean, honestly, so a lot. Is, is it like a documentary or is it someone's playing her and it, they're retelling her life? Something, something a bit. The uh, um, Felicity, oh, what's her name? I cannot think. She was Felicity in Hoffman. No, no, she was in Rogue One. Um, oh. Yes. I cannot. She plays Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Really? In this movie, yes. Really? And her name is not Felicity, and she was uh, one of the Musketeers with JT and Christina Aguilera, and it's, she played Felicity, is what you're trying to say. No, not, it's not Carrie Russell. Oh. I'm saying the, the girl's thought, name, the stretch. girl's name who, no, not Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Russell is not. <laughs> I no. haven't seen the trailer, but if you're sure. going to tell me, her hair is like on the what? <laughs> no, what? Give give me a moment. I will. No, because that was like a Jane reach. Felicity. Okay, then guess who was Felicity? Yeah, there you have it. Felicity Jones. Oh, okay. Felicity Jones. <laughs> the, the person who plays her did not play a character named Felicity. Her name is it's in Felicity. fact okay. Felicity. Well, then that's a completely different movie. Um. And her her husband is also, and I, I don't know what Ruth Bader Ginsburg's husband looked like in real life, but he's played by Army Hammer in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you a little idea about how this guy looks, back in like 2004, when George Miller was developing a Justice League movie, he wanted this guy for Batman. Oh. Like, he just, it, it, oh, like... He looks like they they took like Brad Pitt and made him taller. Like just just this wonderful like chiseled like Greek god of a man that And so that's how he looks in this movie? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's Army Hammer play Army Hammer can't help but play It's it's like if you took Brad Pitt and Ewan McGregor and they had a sexy baby and it was a man. <laughs> that's what Army Hammer looks like. <laughs> Clearly. I need to see this film. This, for all the right... Even, same even if, same reason you went to see Aquaman. Even if Carrie Russell isn't in it. Um, <laughs> no, nowhere... Do, not as a producer, not as an extra, <laughs> like, not as a key grip, nothing. <laughs> Carrie Russell had nothing to do with this movie. Sexy baby. Stupid sexy Flanders. I'm just... Army Hammer, like, he is... He is distracting. Like him, him and Don Draper. Like, oh yeah. I'm just saying that's how that's how dapper this man is. Like, could easily compete with him. Like, just on being just classy and handsome, out dapping each other. Yes, like throw George Clooney in there while you're at it. Like, just frustratingly attractive. And again, I don't know what Ruth Bader Ginsburg's husband looks like in real life, but I'll tell you right now, if they pick Army Hammer to play play me in the biopic that never happens about my life i'm not gonna be upset i'm just i'm not gonna smack their hand for that one so you learn stuff well it like it's not like or is it just a portion of her life it's a portion of her life like it doesn't it doesn't span from like you know whenever she's a you know a child in grade Mm -hmm. school all the way up until like she's she's on the supreme court basically it's that that chunk of her life that deals with her 
kind of setting the way to create like those opportunities for for women and like getting the courts to start understanding that like denying people things on the basis of their gender is wrong like regardless of the issue and it just it's got a very captivating like part where she she has to convince these three judges on the I think it's the 10th the 10th circuit um explaining to them like right but this is the this is how we do it like this is how you change the you do have those laws does she but, break into song and go this is how we do it no no this is not it's not a disney movie okay. like <laughs> though i mean honestly i it's it's inspiring enough. You almost could make a musical like out of it. I don't I don't know how the actual Ruth Bader Ginsburg would feel about that, but like it it genuinely is kind of inspiring to start seeing like people that had kind of the the thought and the capacity and the understanding mm-hmm. just going, "Listen, this is wrong. I understand that this law says that, but that law is wrong and this is how you go about changing that now i'm not going to go into what i was watching yet but there was some footage some actual footage uh and the the newscaster voiceover was uh radical feminists are gathered today and it was in the 70s about the right to vote and so the camera pans across you know 250 women just standing there right radical <laughs> i know it's like and of course it's 70s so like half of them are smoking they're just standing there quietly most of them in dresses. <laughs> it was just, huh? <laughs> the the thought that you would now call those women radical. Well, they they were they yes, were and but, like now understand. This is me quoting from like the way they felt it. This is not how I feel as an individual. But like right. at that point, you were radical if you were not like in the household. You were not making dinner. You were mm-hmm. not. Making babies like you did not put away like you didn't have a career. There was no point for you to have a career because you had a husband. Your husband was the one that like, why would you need a career? You're going to make babies for your husband and care for the children. And do like, what what do you mean you need a job? Why do you need a job? What would you do? And you would want to be paid the same. That's just what. But. We're we're doing you a favor by not expecting you to be out in the workforce. <laughs> what do I, you mean? We're we're doing you a solid. When I hear the word radical now, I usually it's usually followed with the word uh, terrorist. And so then you go to the footage of the you know you've got yeah. that happening, and here they have the radical feminists. They're just but I mean they're quiet. It's. <laughs> All uh, radical is relative to what you and like I said, when you no offense meant to anyone who ululots, by the way, when when you expect women to be nothing but like to to provide in the home, like to be to you are expected to be nothing more than a mother. And I'm not even I'm not disrespecting that. But if you want to be something different, if you don't just want to be a mother, if you don't, you know, from the the time that. You understand that you can, if you don't just want to, well, I have to get married. I have to have babies. Like, what if you want to be an astronaut? What if you, what if you want to be a pilot? Like, there, there's nothing wrong. Like, you can, basically, she was one of the people that helped pioneer for when you can tell your little girl. And I have a little girl, so I'm a little bit more passionate about this. But when I tell her you can be anything that you want to be, like, this person is one of those people that actually helped make that a reality mm-hmm. for girls. Like, before, when when you said, you know, you can be what you want to be, what you mean is, well, you can be a secretary, or you can be a teacher, or you can be 
you can be a, a housewife. Operator. You can, yeah. You um, can sell Tupperware. Like just you, I mean, as much as you could do anything you wanted when in that, like mm-hmm. this was part of breaking that ceiling to where, no, legitimately, like you, do you, do you want to be a senator? Do, like, do you want to be a CEO? Do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be a doctor? Like you can do any of those things. Because inherently, there is nothing that makes your gender, makes you any worse or better at that than a man who wants but that Adam, same position. What about all the hysteria that the women have with their hysterics? Well, uh, back in the day, we fixed that through, uh, what was it, uh, lobotomies? <laughs> yeah. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, understand, like, th- yeah. n- this isn't necessarily that same time period, but there was a time when it was okay to consider lobotomizing your wife if she was being hysterical. Like that seems radical now. to me now. Like <laughs> let let me go suggest to my wife next time she gets hysterical that she needs a lobotomy and I'll let I I will set you it can up call there. Me from I prison. will you I will you no, no, I you, I will call you call you from the mortuary, like <laughs> because it'll be in my will. I'm dead because this is what I said to my I, I'm just saying like that that's that's kind of what bred and cre- helped create like a society that it was okay to just be like, yeah, why isn't dinner made yet? Um, I'm I've came home from the office, like just, and again, like th- this is part of it, and it kind of shows you how they did that, and 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 letting girls again be whatever they wanted to be. You can be anything that a a man can be. You you can be better at it. You can be as good at it. like. Mm-hmm. There, you don't need to stop and think that I only have these this this handful of things that I can do because I'm a woman. What I find interesting in my own household, now I I do 100% of the cooking because for the most part, I enjoy it and I'm better at it and I enjoy it. Now, when I was pregnant and bed rested, I I would from the couch tell my husband how to make food. It frustrated him immensely because it took too long. If you can't just open a box or a bag and put it in your mouth, you're taking too long and it's, quote, not worth it. I mean, I enjoy convenience. I'm not going to lie about that. But, you know. like. (laughs) But what I've noticed from my children who, as you know, are just little wallflowers of girls... Yeah. That... <laughs> no, no. Do you mean wallflowers or Venus flytraps? <laughs> like, I think they, they're definitely a, a plant of some kind. They I don't, are. I don't plant. think wallflower is necessarily the apropos title. The elder one has said because now that I work different jobs, one of which I'm away more often, she says I think you should be able to come home and dinner be ready for you because. How come you both come home at the same time and he expects you to make something? And what they are doing in this movie helped establish a society where a woman or a girl is allowed to think yes. like that. That's, and I, I love that they think like that. Honest to goodness, like, uh, and I, I, I had, I wanted to honestly take. Uh, my little girl to see this and my wife wants to see it honestly you should take your girls to see this like it's important enough a footnote in history and again it's not the the movie didn't do it that what they're Mm -hmm. talking about but it's important enough that they said we need to turn this like in into a film it's an important enough a moment in history that like this is something 
that people will want to watch. And mm-hmm. legitimately, like, and it, it's wordy. There's no Avengers show up. Uh, there is no M. Night Shyamalan twist in it. Like, nobody is, uh, it's not a musical. Mm-hmm. Like, n- none of the things that, I, I guess, make things huge, oh, like Dwayne Johnson shows up in it nowhere, or Kevin Hart. Um it's, a, it's it's quiet in that sense. It's a very well-written movie, um, and it's about something important. And I'm not saying that, like, I don't enjoy, you know, the Avengers or Aquaman or anything. I think we have established how much we enjoy those. I, but I'm saying, like, there is definitely room in the theaters for films like this. I want to, mm-hmm. I don't, I, like, important films, like... Uh, again, as much as like I think there there's something entertaining about watching like a half Atlantean, half human, like save save the planet, or just walk, or you know, sure, yeah, that too, uh, or w- shirtless uh, as it may be, <laughs> like movies like this as well, like they're they're kind of inspiring, yeah, like yeah, and and they tell like in, Rudy, import, yeah, sure, yes, I loved Rudy, a man, <laughs> well, still. But a hobbit as well. <laughs> true, true story. <laughs> For the Gipper, even. It was a presidential hobbits, film. Hobbits bow to no one. So, uh, on the basis of sex, has nothing to do with actual boom, chick, ow, ow. Yes, so you it can is, take your it is kids. Not, it is not a an oddly named pornographic film, mm-hmm. thank goodness. But just about... And isn't... Hasn't Ruth Bader Ginsburg been suffering from ill health of late? Well, she she's got a case of the olds. Like she is not a spring chicken. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily think that it's it's anything like especially like. Uh, show- she's in her eighties. I, I I want to say she's in her nineties. If okay. you'll if you'll give me a second, by all I can, means, I can bring it up. But I, I know that she is she is of advanced uh, age. Yes. Yes. So that sounds like an excellent film to see. I mean, my girls got super inspired with um, why can I not think of the name? The the three female mathematicians and NASA and the numbers one. You know num- what I'm talking about? The, the NASA numbers one? Yes. Three African-American women go to NASA and show them how it's done. They're not just secretaries. They're mathematicians. Oh, I can, well, I can see the cover yes, to the movie that you're too. talking about. It's a... Uh, that one. Uh, well, you, 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 can't, you can't give me two things to... Publicity. <laughs> I, one. I, I am looking up uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Keeps giving me... A, she is 85. Okay. As I said, she's in her 80s. It's or something, something figures... Olds. Hidden figures. Hidden figures. There we okay. go. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't multi process things like that. Hidden finger f- fingers, <laughs> a different movie. Where where is it? Oh. <laughs> Hidden fingers is a different movie. Hidden figures though was really inspiring to them and also made them angry. Why didn't we already know this? And I had the same response. Why? How come this is the first I'm hearing about it? So I, I mean honestly, be, because men write a lot. And yes. Listen, I and I don't I don't want to seem like I, I don't appreciate being a white landowning male. Like I can time travel to anywhere in the in history, and I've probably got it pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I want like a, I want my boys. I want my especially my little girl to have every opportunity that I've ever had. And like I said, I I, I don't have quite. The same perspective on it because nobody's told me I can't do anything because, again, as a white landowning like male, there's not a whole lot of things we're not traditionally told that we can't do. Mm -hmm. But I've also always been of the mind that like 
you really don't need to deny people those opportunities just because they don't look like me, they don't talk like me, like they don't have the same ethnicity as me, or they don't have the same gender. Or as they me. don't like science fiction. I don't, I don't no, no, no. get that. There's, there's something I can't tolerate. Yeah, I can't tolerate that at all. <laughs> if you want to know our biases. Well, man, right there. You don't like science fiction? Listen, we got a yeah. problem. I don't care how many genders you are, but if you don't like one of the stars. I'm just saying. We got issues. Wars, Trek, like, I, I, I'm, <laughs> you got to like one of them. Yes. At least. And if you're one of those who. One of those people. Those, if you're those people who haven't seen one of those films, well. <laughs> how have you, there's, which, there's about to be nine, like. Skywalker Saga. I can't even. There are 13 Star Trek movies, soon to be a 14th, written by Quentin Tarantino. You've got the... I'm saying, how how have you avoided that? I just want to throw this out because it's um, amused me to think this. But let's go in the future, I don't know, 10,000 years. Right now? Yes. Can we get some food first? Yes. Because we're going... We won't need roads. What if we don't? What if they don't have cheeseburgers? I'm just saying that would be a problem. Let's stop by a drive-through in our time machine, and let's just say that certain bits of our media, not everything, has survived, and those ten thousand years in the future, the let's say the Martians who were once us, they think that we worshipped. Um, Iron Man, or he actually lived and had the suit and special powers. It really seems like you're confusing the plots of Galaxy Quest and artificial intelligence. Yes. That, that's wouldn't what, that be, wouldn't that's that be what fascinating? That feels like mm-hmm. to me. If people thought our movies were all documentaries. Listen, if, if they worship quippy, smart aleck jerks in the future... I need to go there now, Jay. Okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm saying, like, I shall rule them as... And imagine the questions. Like, so, did, did Iron Man, you know, fly you to school? It's like, uh, that was a movie. What is this movie you speak of? What, what is a movie? <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, oh. Yes, we, I see. Well, we have a failure to communicate. Anyway, so, on the basis of sex, good film. Exceptional. Take your daughters. Yeah. No full frontal. I mean, honestly, no. take... Take your take, take your son. Yeah, like it's a it's a good, inspiring tale of of gender equality and how we got to the point that you had to do that in the workplace. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to hear what your boys have to say, being raised, you know, well, by, by a woman. I will. I will. Say they they seem remarkably like okay. Like for example, the the other day they're playing a a video game and. It's the one of the not uh, DDR just dance mm-hmm. like if you've never watched a bunch of kids play just dance it's like hilarious. basically um, you get to watch your kids make idiots out of themselves and if you're if you're quiet and secretive about it you can videotape them with your cell phone it's awesome um, anyways they refuse to be the girl character the girl avatars in the game yeah so like. They're still that. They're still at that. I mean, they're between they five and thirteen. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like to the point that there's a stigma about being a girl, but like, yes. it's not because they're they're not equal. Again, it's because they have cooties. 
Yes. Uh, I recall mine were the same way with that same game. Like, I can't be the boy. Okay, you be man. the boy. You're going to be the boy. Well, there are only three of them. Anyway, and that time is over. So, two exceptional films that you should go and see. For and very, very different, different reasons. reasons like, yeah. And very different stories and, like... Or where they originated, but like honestly, they're both really solid films that I didn't have a whole lot of complaints about. Excellent. And for next week, are you going to see? I was so excited for half a second. Serenity without Nathan Fillion. I, I was, I was really excited I know, I know. when I saw that Serenity was coming to theaters, and I was like, "Oh, I are they reissuing? Too. Is has it been like ten what? years or really? something?" Then I was like, uh. "Oh." Well, why did they put Matthew McConaughey in it? Or did they remake the movie? Is he is he Captain Mal? Oh my! There's not even in space. No, that's weird. Why did they reboot this <laughs> but not put it? It's not. It's I, not. I felt the same way. It's like I couldn't let go. It's. I'm gonna. I, I would honestly have a hard time seeing a movie that was called Serenity that was not about like firefly and not just the entire time It'd be like going to see a movie called star trek but but it's about like a guy that like makes a trek into the mountains yeah. so that he can look at stars and to be like where where's patrick stewart like what i yeah. see william shatner nowhere i don't even see chris pine what yeah. what is going on here wasting my time here yeah. anyway though uh, apparently anne hathaway both a blonde and a brunette in this film as she tries to convince her ex-husband to Is take... it a gritty reboot of no. Gilligan's Island? It, it, well, are, are maybe. They... <laughs> the, do, you, do you know what it's about? Because I read about it today. I, 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 honestly, oh. I haven't. Again, right, this is the story of Serenity when I had those exact same reactions. By the way, watch the actual movie Serenity, not this one. Well, this one could be good. It's a thriller. And so Anne Hathaway, she has an ex-husband. She's married to husband number two, who's apparently a jerk. Uh, I guess sounds, her, sounds riveting already. <laughs> and so she goes to Matthew McConaughey, who has a tranquil, I'm guessing, serene life, and says, hey, can you take husband number two out and throw him overboard to get eaten by sharks? And there you have it. So uh, what happens? I don't know. Find out next week Love after it. Adam has seen Serenity. Or I, I think uh, Green Book is also coming out and The Kid Who Would Be King. And Serenity. So I, I'm gonna, it's not like you can't one, see three. One of the, well, I, it, you know what? Like some sometimes, sometimes I have things that come up, like Whatever. you know, working or <sighs> stuff. I'll I'll see at least one of those. I know. All right. So anyway, thank you for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen, and I'm Adam Cravens.